Welcome to Daily Daf Different, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. This is Rabbi Aaron Alexander, Associate Dean for the Ziegler School of Rabbinic Studies at American Jewish University in Los Angeles. I'm honored to once again be a part of this amazing project and to begin with you, uh, Tractate Ta'anit, Masachet Ta'anit, which uh, is literally talking about fast days, uh, but really is a tractate, a treatise about rain and fast and the theological implications and assertions that one could make based on the way in which they experience the natural world and their relationship with God, both individually and communally. So that happens technically in this Masechet through our liturgy, as we'll see from the very first Mishnah, but it also happens through living life and experiencing life, and we see that prominently through some of the more powerful Agadah, uh, Agadot uh, stories, Midrashim, that are found, and the way in which the two often interplay with one another, creating what I would just call narrative. So, uh, let's uh, start at the beginning, page 2, Daf Bet. Uh, the Mishnah uh, is worth uh, reading at least the first part, so you get an understanding of where this tractate begins. Me'ematai mazkirin gvurot geshamim. From what time do we begin, do we begin mentoring, mentioning the powers of rain? Mashiv Haruch Morid Hageshem, the insertion into the beginning of the Shmona Esrei, the Amidah. Rabbi Eliezer, Omer Miyom Tov Harishon Shalachag. According to Rabbi Eliezer, we begin from the first Yontif day of Sukkot in the fall. Close to the rainy season, Rabbi Yoshua Omer Miyom Tov Ha'acharon Shalachag. Rabbi Yoshua claims actually the last Yantif day of the Chag, which is in fact likely here, Shmini Atzeret, uh, even closer to the rainy season. Rabbi Yoshua, though, has a question for Rabbi Eliezer. Amarlo Rabbi Yoshua Ho'il Ve'ein Hagishamim Elas Siman Kalabechag. Rabbi Yeshua says, Rabbi Eliezer, do you really want us to start mentioning rain at the beginning of Sukkot? If it actually comes, we won't be able to live in our Sukkot as our tradition mandates. We will all have exemptions. Amarlo Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer responds to Rabbi Yeshua, Afani lo Listen, Rabbi Yeshua, I'm not saying ask for rain, the prayer, Mashiv Haruach Morid HaGeshem, makes the wind blow and rainfall, is simply a statement of God's strength. We want to mention it in its proper time, the beginning of the rainy season. Okay, that makes sense if what this line in our liturgy is, is not actually a request, but a mentioning, then 
Rabbi Yoshua has a, ph- a phenomenal response to Rabbi Eliezer. Amar loim kein leolam maskir. Fine, if that's the case, Rabbi Eliezer, then shouldn't we be saying Mashiv Haruch Murid Hageshem all year long? Which is to say, if it's a statement of God's power, why should any day of the year be devoid of this uh, way to honor and to respect the Holy Blessed One, God? Uh, the Mishnah decides, uh, well, we, we actually only request rain close to the rain, which is to say, Rabbi Yoshua wins this argument functionally, we do request rain uh, at Shmini uh, Atzeret. Okay, so, um, you would expect the Talmud to immediately latch on to some big questions here. Uh, do we really have the power uh, to influence God with our prayer? Uh, our, our, is, is theurgy a piece of this? What's really going on here with this Shakla Vitarya, this give and take in a Mishnah between Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi Eliezer? But one of the reasons I love the Gemara is because of, of course, form and content. content. And the form sometimes uh, comes uh, in the form of questions that we, as Western readers of modernity, don't always think to ask. So the Gemara is going to ask us to take a step back. Tanahecha kai dekatane me'ematai. What is the Tana, the author of our Mishnah, talking about when the question is asked, when do we begin mentioning the powers of rain? You can't ask when we recite something before you tell us why we recite something and what it is. In fact, uh, the next question the Gemara asks answer, after it attempts to answer what the Tana is referring to is, the second question is, what are the powers of rain? Uh, so, two technical questions that are asked at the beginning of the Gemara on our particular Mishnah. The first one is, what are you talking about? Where is this coming from? Shouldn't the first Mishnah of Masechet Ta'anit, the first Mishnah that deals with Mashiv HaRuch HaMorit HaGeshem, lay out the foundational reasoning for why we would add this to our liturgy in the first place? Shouldn't it come in the context, possibly, of liturgy? And that's actually the first uh, answer uh, that's offered. Uh, The first answer that the Gemara offers, I'm not going to read through it for the sake of time, is, yeah, we're actually going back to Masechet Brachot, where we're talking about additions to liturgy in general. Um, That's, in fact, where it was first mentioned, and our our Mishnah is just sort of jumping back to there and picking up uh, with, uh, with the fact that it was asserted as an obligation. Uh, to which, of course, the Gemara responds, Why not then have the conversation on the Mishnah where the obligation rests. It should have been there. And that question actually isn't resolved uh, all that forcefully. Um, I, I, I liken this, uh, this line of questioning, um, which isn't questioning the content, but the placement of the Mishnah, trying to understand from whence it comes, 
to many conversations I have with my three-year-old, who will just run up to me out of nowhere and say, Daddy, did you know I love green beans? And I will be thinking, uh, okay, uh, you haven't had green beans in, I don't know, six months. Why is it that you have decided to tell me this piece of information right now? And I'll start to think through, okay, where's he been? What's he doing? What's this going back to? What triggered his memory? Uh, that's what's happening with the Gemara here. That's the first question. Not how can I answer what's correct, but where does the question come from? I just want to point out that um, we do get into some of our powerful agada, some of our uh, uh, powerful reasoning uh, behind the theological assertions. There's a teaching from Rabbi Yochanan that exists at the end of the side of page, at the A side of page 2 and goes into the B side, which states, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, There are three keys in the hand of the Holy One, blessed is He, that are never given over to a human agent. Rain, childbirth, and the revival of the dead, which is to say the theological assertions of the Mishnah are now being dealt with in a powerful way, at least according uh, to the way this sugya is being constructed. Uh, God has full control over three different aspects of life rain, childbirth, and the revival of the dead. Each one of these is given a verse to support it. They, I encourage people to look to, uh, but what's interesting to me is the very end of this teaching. Bemarva Amre, in the West, in Eretz Yisrael, they teach, The key to sustenance is also never given to an agent, as we learn from a very famous verse, the Ashrei Potech at Yadacha Masbela Kochabratzon. You, God, open your hand, and you satisfy the desire of every living being. Doesn't this suggest, in fact, that there should be four keys, four functions that God has that human beings never can take control of? Uh, the Gemara responds uh, to this, Rabbi Yochanan, my chashiv laha. Why did Rabbi Yochanan in the in the original midrash that I stated not add this as well? Amarlach geshamim hainu parnasa. Rain is actually all encompassing. It includes parnasa. It includes sustenance. It never needed to be mentioned, and this sort of grounds this entire tractate. This piece of midrash that happens right at the beginning on the first page of the importance and the essential nature of water and rain in our tradition, uh, but most importantly, for the very life of the world in which we exist. Um, putting that key in God's hand is a deep sign of humility. Right? There's, there's a peace that we can't control. At the same time, by framing it in the context of liturgy and having a discussion going back and forth about mentioning and asking, mentioning and asking, we're also saying at the same time we human beings have a role somehow, though we may not understand it yet, in the way in which sustenance, geshem, rain, interacts with this world. 
and that's the tension that we're going to be we're going to be seeing throughout this tractate back and forth back and forth god's power human humanity's power the power of prayer and so forth okay we'll continue sorry for the length today i'll try to keep it down over the next four dumping i hope you've enjoyed today's episode of daily daf differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page the music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.